Join the Jones family with their grown children as they sit around the table to share their passion for marriage, family, and boundaries while providing inspiration, practical tips, and insight into a simple life that glorifies God. Whether you're a Christian or not, there will be takeaways to heat up your marriage, train up your children, and navigate this culture with more wisdom and perspective. All right, welcome back to Saturday Morning Crew, and this is the Jones fam, the smaller group. It's uh, Madre and I, Jake and Hannah. So today, what I thought we would talk about is, I get the question sometimes, I'm sure you guys probably do as well, about alcohol and how we, I'll say me, and I know Madre, um, we've, we've chosen not to drink. So... I thought maybe we could just spend a little bit of time getting everybody's perspectives and sharing your thoughts around why you don't drink or why you drink very little or not at all. So assuming that everybody here doesn't drink at all. So I'm going to say drink at all. I drink kombucha. Does that count? Well, it, yours has less than 0.5% alcohol. <laughs> My goodness. Do you want me to go? I can close the front door, but I have the last one. That's how it works. So, all right, so I'll start since everyone's just kind of looking at me. Um, so, when Stacy, Madre, and I first started dating and were first married and all that, we definitely, I would say we definitely consumed alcohol. I would say that, yes. Yes. <laughs> There's and, no question. And we were not uh, believers at the time. And I was not even of age. Right. <laughs> right. So, okay, so. That's is there confession. A, is there a uh, statute of limitation on contributing to delinquency? It's already too late, honey. Okay. We're married. It's all good. All right, cool. Now it is. So, you know, in 2006, I think it was, it was around that time frame is when I became a believer in 2005, and then I think in 2006 is when I heard uh, Pastor Shannon O'Dell do a message on alcohol. And what it, what it kind of led me down the path of is that from a Christian perspective, there, it's not a sin to drink. There's drinking in the Bible. People drink in the Bible. Mm -hmm. it, it talks about not allowing yourself to be drunken so it's it's consuming responsibly but the other part that was bigger for me that shannon talked about was that in the bible it says if you cause your brother to stumble that's a sin so what does that mean it doesn't mean that you trip them up like physically it means if for example perfect example um, I was in a leadership capacity in a company and if I were to look at an individual who worked for me and they were at a gathering and I offered them a drink and they took the drink simply because they felt pressure because I was their boss or their boss's boss and then come to find out that that person had been dealing with alcoholism and 
just that offering from me to that person could cause that person to fall back into an addiction and therefore that that puts me in a spot of me causing someone to stumble and when when my eyes were open to that I started realizing how many people deal with it um, how many people could deal with it like addictions and, and alcoholism that they don't necessarily know they have that in their lives right then and I just found myself in a predicament of going, it's not worth it to me because if I'm going to have an influence in somebody's life, I don't want that to be the influence. So, um, I can, I can tell you in the last 16 years, um, I've had a lot of things that have come up in conversations with people in the business world and, and at uh, conferences and stuff where it's really given me an opportunity to talk about it. But at the same time, I found myself being an escape for people because if I wasn't ordering an alcoholic drink at a gathering, they didn't feel the pressure to do the same thing. So that's, that's my, uh, that's my story. I think for me, um, I mean the bottom line statement is it doesn't really add any value to my life. It's expensive. Um, I think that, you know, I made a lot of bad choices under the influence and I just want to be more aware of the choices that I'm making. Um, and the only way to do that is to stay completely sober. Um, and me being a lightweight, I think I would probably be drunk after like half a glass or at least start feeling something. And so I think to just prevent that altogether, it's just best for me to stay away from it. And I think it's hard, too, because would you agree, like, when you and I were first together, first drinking together, whatever, that it was almost like the rite of passage. Like it was almost like you felt like you, because you were now, quote, unquote, an adult, that that meant that you needed to drink. Yeah, you know, I mean... It made you feel like you're more of an adult. I really didn't know anybody that didn't. I think the people that it was communicated to me that did not drink were those who were alcoholics that were in recovery. And so I think I, you know, I might have heard my parents say, you know, so-and-so doesn't drink and this is why. Um, but, you know, I, I enjoy myself and I know I'm jumping around a lot, but I enjoy myself more because when I would drink, I wouldn't stop at one. You know, I would, right. and I wouldn't stop at two, you know, it would probably be closer to three or four. And then by then, you know, you're not staying hydrated. And so right. the next morning you're not feeling good and you almost feel a little bit guilty. Like, did I say anything stupid? Did I slur my words? You know, you're kind of like reviewing the whole night going, I hope I didn't make a fool out of myself. And so, you know, it's like, it's like all of those things combined together, just adding to no value in my life. Yeah, and, and I, I want to add to, uh, and I'm, I'm speaking, I think, on behalf of everybody in our room here, that if you're listening to this message and you choose to drink, it's not our, it's not our position to judge you for that. This is a personal decision that we're making. Right. Right, because, you know, 
you could have people who are Christians who drink and it's completely fine. It's It's not a sin for them. It's not a sin for them. They, they don't they're not dealing with the issue of maybe being concerned about causing someone to stumble. It's it's a personal decision that each one of us has to make. And that's why, you know, I personally especially in the in the business world if I go to a conference or I go to a whatever the event is if people are drinking it's not like I avoid I don't avoid going to it it's not like I look at them any differently I, I want to still be there to participate in the fellowship but I'm just not there drinking the alcohol but I have to get really creative about my drinks then too the funny thing is it's like what you're saying exactly is that our point is that like we're not judging them but yet I find just in the in the situations that Hannah and I have been in as a married couple is like as soon as we mention to another couple that we don't drink or if I'm around family members that do drink but I am not drinking, it almost makes them feel uncomfortable or makes them feel like, now like I, I don't want to say that they feel guilty, but it makes them feel uncomfortable but yeah, we're we're perfectly fine. Like, right. uh, for y'all to have a good time, and we're gonna have a good time too. We're just not gonna yep. partake. Like, right? Like, we have a hard time finding friends as adults because everyone wants to just go out for drinks. But we're like, okay, we'll go out with you. We're just not gonna drink. They just don't want to be our friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's besides the point. Like, it's just I I think I think it's I think it's kind of baffling to me that like, okay, you don't want to be around us or you f feel different about what you're doing just because we're not doing something. You know, it, it's interesting when you say how guilty people feel about it and then handle like you were saying that people say, Hey, let's go out for drinks. And then you go, we don't drink, but we'll go out with you. And then I go, you know, it's almost like they avoid the subject. You know, isn't it interesting though, that when somebody says to us like, Hey, let's go out for dessert. And we go, okay, but we're dairy-free and gluten-free. Then they're okay with that. Right. Because we're making a decision for our health. And we just have to find an option. Well, okay. So here, here's how I look at it. And, and I don't think everyone feels guilty. I mean, that's, that's definitely a general statement. Not everybody feels guilty or, like, doesn't want to hang out with you. Like, th that's some, but not everyone. I remember in the drinking stage, you want to be around others that are drinking because, you know, in your mind, you're thinking that's going to be more fun. Because I remember, I remember like being at a party once and it was, I think it was with the uh, Lakeland Parents of Multiples. And there was this one couple that would not drink. And I remember being like super conscious of how I was acting around them when we were partaking, like we were drinking and they weren't. And in my mind, I was like, are they judging me? Do they, you know, we we're Christians and they're Christians too. And they go to this church, we go to that church. But like, you know, in my mind, I was thinking like, maybe, maybe they don't really want to be here. Maybe they don't like us. Maybe, you know, I was feeling all kinds of like judgment, although they weren't necessarily thinking that. It was just judgment that I was feeling. 
So it's it's a perceived thing in some cases because they they were having a good time too. Right. They didn't seem like they weren't enjoying themselves, but well, that na- that's now us. Okay. <laughs> but I, but I do I think in those situations I think you have to remember that like I I remember looking back in those days when we were drinking and there were people there that didn't drink mm-hmm. and then. I'm not going to say in every case, but in a lot of cases, they were kind of like a bump on a log sitting over in the corner because they didn't feel like they could have as much fun because they weren't drinking. Well, that's their own problem. Right. But <laughs> what I find with us is that in in today's world, you put us in the middle of a bunch of people who aren't drinking and we have a great time. You put us in the middle of a bunch of people that are drinking and we have a great time. And no, it does not matter to me. It doesn't matter to us. It does not matter. Because Mm-mm. people feel guilty at times and they'll some even people. say something to me some people will feel guilty and they'll say something to me about it and i'll go dude I, I don't you can drink all you want it's not it's a personal decision that i've made you, you do what you want to do like yeah. i only have a certain amount of calories that i'm allowed to eat for my personal fitness <laughs> right. so i'm right. going to choose the the cookies and the nacho bar over over drinks well and honestly that we're, we're talking about the reasons why why we don't drink yeah, so right. transitioning in my story is like, that's my, like, I guess, prob- I mean, my problem is I'm a foodie over a drinky, so. No, but, you yeah. know, that's true, though, because if you think about it, if you, if you are trying to stay fit, and we all have talked about our why for CrossFit, and you can only consume so many calories and maintain your weight and your fitness, like, you think, okay, wh- what, what would I want to spend my calories on? Would it be food or alcohol? You're not going to do both because then you really, and it's a ratio. You're going to gain weight, you know? So I remember like thinking the same thing that, that I much rather have more food than to have a glass of something that, yeah, something else. So I'm going to look at Hannah now. (laughs) And the reason I'm looking at Hannah is because one of the things that we would tell our kids as we raised them was, we don't drink and we would tell them why we choose not to drink. But as a individual person and now Hannah being her, you know, mid twenties and facing the world like a pit bull. Um, (laughs) my big thing, that's not a mean statement against pit bulls. We we love all breeds. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) I, I always want our kids to have a position And if they're choosing not to drink, if they say they're not going to drink, then they're going to be asked why. And if you don't have a why, then you're going to give in to what you think your standards are. So what's your why? Well, first of all, just to preface, I've never drank a drop of anything. And so people ask sometimes, like, you serious? Like, you you made it through, like, your 20s and stuff and you haven't drank alcohol? Yes, that is 100% the case. But part of the reason why I don't is because it doesn't add any value. And like, like I enjoy my life. I enjoy it without alcohol. I enjoy it even sometimes without sweets. I don't really even like indulge in that too often, (laughs) which Jake thinks I'm super weird. But it's just one of those things where like, I've never had it. So why, why would I need it? And, and even aside from like my faith, like to me, that's the biggest thing. And it's like, like Shannon, um, Shannon O'Dell did a video just recently, just a quick little video for Instagram reels. Um, and that kind of like summed up my perspective on it. And it's that like everything is 
acceptable but not everything or everything is permissible but not everything is beneficial right and that's like that's like my line that i always use to describe why because it, there's nothing wrong with it it's fine it's acceptable but like is it beneficial does it make my life better does it make me a better christian does it make me a better friend better wife better like mom in the future like no it doesn't so why would i feel like i need that and i mean just out even outside of that like it's expensive why the heck would i want to spend like five dollars or ten dollars on some gross drink when i could just have like something that i actually want that like actually benefits my body like i love drinking things like kombucha and sparkling water and just all the fancy drinks that actually like are good for me or add nothing to my diet i mean it's like you don't even drink soda like so why right, would you know you're not gonna put alcohol in your body if you don't put soda in your body right exactly <laughs> and like my mom said i'm also a lightweight and i wouldn't be able to really even drink a drink anyway without getting drunk so there's no reason to even like, go down that path i will admit though it would be kind of funny to see hannah a little tipsy <laughs> yeah jake's always wanted to get me <laughs> drunk i tried but so many times <laughs> it's not gonna happen i'm strong-willed yeah so yeah. another reason why um, we talk to our kids a lot about alcohol, and these are conversations that would come up, and, you know, we never veered from the tough talks. And um, I know a lot of people that I talk to can say the same thing, is that um, we have addiction in our family. We have alcoholism in our family. Um, and so, you know, one thing we told our kids is don't even take the first drink. And, you know, because you don't know if that is going to be something that you struggle with. So that was our recommendation. Um, you know, they can choose or choose to, or choose not to, uh, but they were warned and they were taught, um, those things. And so, you know, it's, it is a tough decision to make. And I know that on a lot of 21st birthdays, um, yeah. you know, we've, we've heard of, uh, friends kids that became alcoholics on their 21st birthday and they chase that high from that time forward so you know it's interesting you bring up how we have addiction in our family because you know in, in my side of the family there's relatives all over the place that were alcoholics and Stacy has the same thing and some of her relative tree but you know I find like if you're around people and they go, hey, do you want to drink? If you were to say, no, I'm a recovering alcoholic, they drop the issue, you know, or if you tell them <clears throat> I have addiction in my family and I, I don't want to go down there, I think people accept that. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting. I, I met a, I didn't meet, I was talking to a person recently, one of the coaches at our gym, and she made the comment to me that she is, a certain number of months or years in recovery from alcoholism, even though she never really found herself as a true, like she wasn't trapped in the alcoholic world, but she realized that there is a lot of alcoholism in her family and in her, her life. And so when she made the decision not to drink, it's because she put herself into recovery before it became a reason to be in recovery interesting yeah so her statement is i'm three and a half years clean and i'm like wow okay and she even told me she goes i never got addicted but addictions in my family 
So then I made the decision to stop. And I have been clean from alcohol for three and a half years. I mean, honestly, I've never been disrespected for not drinking. Like, I don't think anybody has ever put me down. No, people, I think, are more interested. And that's part of the reason I, we wanted to talk about this tonight is because we get a lot of questions. Like, okay, so, like, why? Like, why do you not drink? Like, have you ever? And so, like, I don't think it's that people, like, judge us or put us down. It's that they want to know because everyone's trying to figure out their own opinions and decisions for things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they don't, like, know another perspective. They just knew what they grew up with. So, it's just kind of interesting to share it. I definitely think it's a topic that more people should be talking about. Absolutely. You know, because, you know, I remember you talking to my mom, babe, about how... She found herself like every day when she was coming home from work, back when she was working before she retired, and she would just enjoy having a, a glass of wine when she got home. And then she started doing that every single day. And then there was one day, and correct me if I'm wrong, not that Well, you, you want me to just say it? Yeah, go ahead. You tell the story. So the way your mom says it is she called your dad and she said, she heard herself say, I need a drink. Like have it ready for me when I get home. And when your mom heard herself say that, she decided that she needed to stop for a right. season, yep. you know, and, and, and make sure that, you know, that that was not grabbing hold of her. So I commend her for that. You oh, know, absolutely. It's, it's, and you really do have to keep yourself in check if, if you are someone that drinks, partakes, you know, and, and, and the question also is, you know, can you be a weekend alcoholic? Yes. Can you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess like one way I would put it is that like if there's if there's a something that happens that makes you feel like you need a drink, then you could be considered an alcoholic. So if like some people, it's every time they wake up, they need alcohol. But that's like the extreme cases. Sometimes it's like, oh, every time I have a stressful day at work, I need alcohol. Or every time I go to a restaurant where people have glasses of something, I need the glass of something. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's like a when it becomes like a mental thing where your brain says i need this because of this then mm -hmm. it's an addiction and that's the same i mean it's the same with anything else too well it's interesting because you think about how addicts will talk about triggers and you know an addict doesn't get up necessarily every single day and deal with a drug when they're going through their, their lives some do but you know, on the other side of it, though, that there's things that they run into that they go, this is one of my triggers. I need to avoid one of my triggers. And I think it's the same thing that we're talking about here is that maybe your trigger is um, when you go to a happy hour on a Wednesday with your buddies or you go shoot pool with your buddies. When you find yourself in a position where Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, you're not really drinking hardly at all, but Thursday's your poker night, and every Friday you're waking up going, I drank way too much last night. You know, you have to check yourself because it's becoming a habit versus, you know, I think that there's too often people go, well, I just enjoy a nice blah, blah, blah when I come home. And that's fine. I just, I think I, I, and I know I care a lot about people and I would always just question and challenge the question of 
are you enjoying it or are you needing it? So. I know that. I mean, we're talking about like we we get questions all the time, and I think specifically, I mean, me in particular, I get like double the questions because I work for a beer distributor, and so like not only am I getting like is that not only a topic of conversation when we're around other people and I tell them what I do for a living, but it's also not my, like, I think it plays into a role of like not being my identity. Like I don't find identity in what I do and like the company I work for. And I think obviously there are people at like in this type of job that like love beer and, and which is great. Like that's, that's what they love. And like, that's what they find their identity in. But that's beside the point. Um, like I get to also like communicate with people through my work and with people that I see on a daily basis. Like uh, if they're asking me my opinion about something or if they're asking me like, I mean, I, every time I meet a new employee from my company, they ask me like what I drink or if I drink. And every time that's a conversation starter to be like, I was one way and I, now I'm a, now I'm a different way. And, and not to like, and every time I usually get a positive response from them, like either they're the same way, but they are afraid to like talk about that because they do work for a beer distributor or they respect that. That's, that's my choice. And just like you're saying, like no one seems to bother anyone that comes back with a response of I'm a recovering alcoholic, but did you want to talk about if you've dr- drank in the past and why you decided not to? Okay. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> so <laughs> I did not drink at all during high school. Um, and I, I also grew up um, in a family that that didn't drink. My dad was pretty, um, pretty stern on not drinking, but that's just because of our family history. Um, my dad's dad was an abusive alcoholic um and my mom's dad was both grandpas were alcoholics and i never met them because they died from cirrhosis of the liver before i was even born and um my uncle david died also at uh, about basically they all died at right around the age of 53. um so <laughs> from from alcoholism so like that was a huge indicator for for me not not to drink um especially in high school uh, also i loved my dad and i did not want to disappoint him um and i would say uh going away to college uh to play baseball uh, obviously all the baseball players um drank and had like parties and stuff like that and so i mean i did drink then and I ended up not going back to college after that semester or to that school. And that was after a summer of interning at the church and going to an infuge, mission fuge in um, Charleston, South Carolina. And the speaker there was also a former college baseball player um, and had the same type of testimony. And I, like, I felt, I felt like that was God directly speaking to me. And so I've made that decision there to, to change change my ways um not to say that i i stopped drinking altogether but i would say it was about five years ago where i made the point to to no longer drink anymore 
for multiple reasons but i mean i i just i i hate the fact that on my 21st birthday like my whole family was together like i had a bunch of friends that were there and like my dad was there and like obviously i have siblings that drink i have like cousins that drink and my dad's around that but the fact that he had to like watch me watch me like drink i still like get upset about thinking about it because i know like i know i didn't let him down but that's just like how it feels to me because i like he was such a influence on my life as to why i don't drink and so that would be the that would be the biggest point as to why i don't sorry i was no i mean i'm not proud of my testimony with drinking because i you know often tell people that I think the first time I got drunk was 14. And sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening to this, <laughs> you left town. Um, but, you know, it was always, it, it was kind of like just available and there. And, you know, you want to be grown up and you've got your friends over and you're just like, hey, you know, we got nothing else to do. We don't, we can't drive, can't go anywhere. Let's try this. And, you know, I grew up with a lot of Cuban um, folks and they there's not really rules on drinking with them it's kind of a different culture and a lot of my Cuban friends were like they could literally at 12 years old 13 years old just be like hey can I have a glass of wine can I have some beer and it was it was so odd to me and so you know obviously it wasn't something that I did every night or every weekend um, but I think I was just you know I really like to have fun like to be in the social crowd and I did do a lot of drinking in high school and um, I was able to maintain my grades and stay on the tennis team and be on the honor roll I did all the things so you know on paper I looked like a really good kid Um, but on the weekends I was partying it up as much as I my parents would let me hang out with the wrong people until they found out they were wrong people and then they would you know rip them out from under me Um, thanks mom and dad for that. (laughs) So, and then I met Jeff at 16. And so, you know, any drinking that I did with him was under control. Um, my parents trusted him for the most part. I mean, like that was, you, you protected me. Your parents trusted me for the most part or the... No, my parents definitely trusted you. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you know, we're not, like I said, we're not proud of that. And, and it's nothing that my parents said or did that you know we were consuming that much alcohol the two of us together it was just kind of something that we were choosing to do and didn't have reasons not to I think um so you know if our parents had parties or whatever we were right there with them hanging out with them and drinking with them and you know we had lots of fun it was definitely a lot of fun um you know, but like I said, we have just as much fun now and there's no guilt. There's no embarrassment because I, you, can you know, remember everything the next morning. That's you right. can remember everything. You feel good. You know, you're, you're not nauseated. You're not, um, you know, I can remember like some people would actually drink the next morning to get rid of the hangover. I, yep. That was not me. I could never do that. Was it lick the dog, the hair of the dog that bit you? I don't know that phrase. I know you don't know that phrase <laughs> so, you know, it's it's something that I, I don't miss at all. Um, I don't think that kids have to sow their wild oats, though, because I think mm-hmm. that sometimes that, you know, that that seems to be the, oh, they're going to have to sow their wild oats. No, they could die. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Yeah, it's it's not it's not anything to take lightly. Yeah, and I think like as a young adult Christian, like you see a lot of people that like have convictions when they're in high school, but they're not even old enough to drink and their parents are the ones that are enforcing it. But then when they turn 21, it's like, oh, well, like I'll settle down one day. I'll like deal with this later on. But the thing is, like, you don't know when your last day is. And if you're going to spend your life, like, out partying and drinking and, like, doing things that you know you're not supposed to do or that you don't want. Like, if you don't want to do it as a grown-up, don't do it as a young adult because you are a grown-up. And so I think that's, like, my my challenge, I think, if you're, like, a young adult is, like, don't wait until you're 30 to settle down with the husband and have kids and stop drinking or stop partying or whatever it is. Like, be who you want to be then. Be that now. And, and also just like for every adult listening, like, like my challenge I think is going to be like to have a re like have reasons if you're, whether it's that you drink or you don't drink or how much you drink or how much you don't drink, like, like have a conviction, like, and I think that's what like we want to get across here is like, it's not up to us to decide. It's not up to your parents. It's not up to your friends to decide like if you consume and how much. But if you're going to or if you're not going to, like, have reasons why. Like, this is my limit. This is why. And this is, what I, like, where I draw the line. Right. That's good. Yeah, that's good. What about you, babe? Wow. So my, my head was going all types of directions here. But, you know, if I, if I reflect back on my life, first of all, I did not drink in high school. The only time I ever drank anything in high school was when I was away in Charleston, South Carolina, working for the summer and my uncle bought me a six pack of beer and I had just helped him at my grandfather's farmhouse. We were digging out the septic tank and I drank a bunch of beer the night before because I was working construction and I got drunk, got sick. And then the whole next morning I'm smelling everything that came out of my system and everything that was in the septic tank. So, <laughs> Gross. Um, so, you know, when I, when I look back I, I, in high school, I just, I never, honestly in high school, I did not drink and I didn't want to be around people that were drinking. Mm-hmm. And I think I looked at them in a different way. And as, as you guys were talking, you know, I was just kind of reflecting back on that. And, you know, so me, part of my life has been at uh, early middle school, probably the summer before sixth grade, that time frame, I was introduced to marijuana and hash um, by one of my best friend's parent, mom, and was around that and did that with him after school and would watch his mom do that and freak out and you know you and I've talked about this a lot you know and and looking back now and realizing that it was so easy to get into it and um when it came to drinking in college in that time frame I think a big part of that for me was that I was very insecure about who I was and where I was in life and I, I needed to have some way to fit in with people and I felt like it maybe would make me feel more accepted. I, I don't think that there's any mistakes being made there. I, I, I look back and I know that every life experience that I went through, everything that's happened in my life where we moved or we did whatever, 
it was, even though I wasn't a believer, it was God orchestrating this journey. And, you know, I, I look back, people that I hung out with in middle school and elementary school, pretty much all of my best, all of my good friends back then have been in jail. My parents moved, we, we moved away from there before all that happened. And I think that was God's grace in my life. Um, the drugs, he, his family moved. That was God's grace in my life. And then when it came to the drinking, which happened more college and beyond, it was truly God's grace in my life when I heard that message and my passion for leadership, my passion for influence in people's lives. And something that God really orchestrated in me and was developing in me. And so when he got a hold of me and, and helped me understand about who I really am as a man, I think he really positioned me to have the strength and the boldness to take a stance. I say all that for multiple reasons. One is reinforcing the fact that I don't judge people for doing what they do. Um, I care about people. I want people to do what's best for them, for their families, for their legacy. Um, but also, you know, my story is different than Hannah's. And I'm okay with that. But there's also it's also why I am so passionate about taking that stance and, and not being wishy-washy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I love people. I love people around me. I hang out with people that drink, and I love them and encourage them. But if I can be an outlet to help them, awesome. So, Also, so you sharing that story earlier about when you were in the leadership role, I still remember when you told me that. I mean, obviously, I remember all the stories you tell me because you tell them a lot. But I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but we're the, supposed to. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. Um, the I mean, that that was another, like, I would say, like, just notch on the belt as to, like, giving me confidence on like on my stance because uh, it was a good I guess a good point of saying like you can be the you don't want to be the reason someone else stumbles like you you're the way out like that's and that's what we're called to be is like live differently and we had a little like opportunity like that at our CrossFit Christmas party this past year because the guy we got close to at the gym who has since moved away and hopefully he'll be back but he was a struggling or recovering alcoholic and um and he like almost wasn't going to come to the party because he didn't want to like it was at a brewery so he he didn't want to be around that but when he found out that jake and i and my parents were going and like we weren't going to be drinking it gave him like the confidence to be able to come and bring his non-alcoholic beverages and like hang out with all of us so it was like it was like just the confidence that like you get from like enabling somebody to like be part of something even though they're not able to consume is like pretty cool yeah and you think about that situation and and, and never take those situations lightly the fact that he felt more comfortable coming after the relationship that he had with you guys because he doesn't know us that well mm -hmm. but he knows you guys his willingness to come and put himself in that environment not only allowed him to still fellowship with people, he had an out, but there was another person there who was also a recovering alcoholic who he was able to be there for him as well. And I can't tell you how important it is for 
to Hannah's point, to have a stance, to have a position, and to be willing to talk about it. Because whoever you are, people are watching you to see how you're going to handle situations. And if you falter, if you just give up, you could be impacting somebody who's looking to you for that strength. Mm -hmm. And don't miss the opportunity to have an impact in somebody's life. I know. And the other thing I was thinking about is that, you know, the, the world really wants to see something different. And sometimes when they see it, it's a little uncomfortable for them. And I, and I would probably venture to say there are things I don't get invited to because I don't drink, possibly. I don't know. I, what, I don't know if I'm not getting invited, but it's, it's very possible that, you know, oh, she doesn't drink, she's not going to want to go. Um, but I just want to encourage families out there to, you know, before they have kids or when their kids are young to make that bold decision to create those boundaries. Like Hannah's talking about, like, we're not going to have alcohol in the home. You know, we might partake, but we're going to partake at just weddings and we're just going to have one drink or at holidays or what, whatever the case may be. If you just go with the flow the flow is to drink and to drink a lot in almost every situation every gathering um it's just part of our culture and if you've ever um i mean talk to any emergency response person who has come upon the scene of a drunk driving accident um we almost lost our nephew to a drunk driver um, we almost lost one in utero as well, um, as his mom was pregnant, my sister-in-law. So, you know, there, there's enough things that happen around you that kind of wake you up to the reality of what could happen. You've got kids that are dying, um, from drinking too much because they want to be grown up and they don't know their limits and they're being pressured by their friends um, you've got addiction, mental illness, you've got, I mean, if you, and if you just make the decision of what you're going to do and not do and what you're going to teach your kids, you know, your kids will call you out if they see inconsistencies. Like there was a time that, you know, Jeff said to our kids, well, you know, what would you guys think if you walked in and we we're sitting here with some of our closest friends and we all had a glass of wine after all these years? Of teaching you guys not to take the first sip what would you think about that well Hannah did we ask you that I mean I was probably there yeah and I mean my answer that would be just like it discredits everything you've ever said right it doesn't just discredit the whole conversation about alcohol it discredits many different things because you're like wow if you're gonna fall back on that what like, else are you what, gonna do you, what do you even believe in then Right. What, like, who what, are you? Right. <laughs> you know, like, cause that's part, that's become part of who we are is that, you know, this, our identity is in Christ, but he has led us down this, this path. And just to conclude, um, we did a list at the, when I think it was our second episode, that was our top 11, um, alternatives to alcohol and it was all of our favorite drinks. So we're going to actually attach that again here for you guys to listen to and take some notes and we can also leave, we're going to leave the, um, the list in the show notes so that if you like either feel convicted or you just want to like, I don't know, 
find some new drinks <laughs> this is a good option for or you if to you're like doing 75 hard yeah i yeah. mean yeah if you ever need fun drinks that are non-alcoholic here you go top 11 alternatives to alcohol number one kombucha number two virgin moscow mule Number three is a mixed drink with cranberry juice, LaCroix, and lime. Number four, ginger beer, extra spicy. Number five, shots of apple cider, ginger, wheatgrass, or lemon juice. Number six, sparkling cider. Number seven, toast, non-alcoholic rosé. Number eight is karma probiotic water. Number nine, lemon perfect water. Number 10, liquid IV. Number 11, rowdy. Thank you for listening to this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you liked what you heard, leave a review. We'll see you next time on the Saturday Morning Crew.